We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast thank you as always for joining us my name is maggie loney and i will be your short-term, long-term-ish host for the next couple of weeks while we wait for the return of Jacob Westendorf. I'm joined, as always, by Jimmy Christensen, who is now one week removed from ACL surgery. Jimmy, yes. how are you feeling? You know, I'm, I'm surviving. Uh, the first two days of sitting on the couch, I absolutely loved. I was like, oh, this is great. Can binge watch Better Call Saul. And then now <laughs> I am going crazy. I was looking for it. Today, I had to go into school to close out my classroom, and it was like, I was looking forward to it. That's how bored I've been. I was excited to go into work, um, even if it was just to get out of the house for a little bit. But I'm, I'm surviving. I can't complain. Other people are going through worse. Is it your left knee? Like, can you drive or did somebody have to take you? Um, I can't drive yet. I, I just stopped taking um, pain medicine. So okay. I'll give it like a day to get out of my system and then I can drive. Okay, good. Well, yeah. hopefully you don't go too stir crazy then in the next 24 hours. But Oh, yeah. No, I hope not. Doing this and then Lombardi's bar tonight. So this should be a good distraction. Yeah, so what we wanted to talk about today is kind of, you know, where things stand around the NFC North. So we thought really quickly we would go through and rank the position groups, whether they are offensive or defensive, just to kind of get a better sense of where we think things stand. So, you know, I guess just to start this episode by being as controversial as possible, let's just kick (laughs) things off with the quarterbacks and talk about the quarterback situation around the NFC North, because we heard today from Matt Nagy, that Andy Dalton is still technically going to be his week one starter, um, regardless of maybe how good Justin Fields looks in the preseason. Yeah. Which I feel like they have to say like everything they told him this off season to get him signed to the team. Like they have to say he's their starter. I don't know. I just don't see that being for very long. Cause they, they even did that thing with Mitch Trubisky. He started off at granted. These are hopefully two different quality. Well, actually as a Packer fan, hopefully not two different quality <laughs> quarterbacks, but uh, they Mitch Trubisky wasn't going to be a first season starter as well. And he ended up starting later on in the season due to injury. But I think he's just kind of saying what he needs to say. Um, I forgot who did it. So I can't really give credit right now, but someone kind of compared it to um, Russell Wilson in Seattle. Like um, 
when he was when he was drafted, they were still saying like, "Oh, we signed Matt Flynn, we have Javaris Jackson," but then Russell Wilson came out. So um, maybe that's kind of the same thing they're doing right now with uh, with Andy Dalton. But I don't I don't see him being a starter. What about you? Yeah, I. It's tough because we've seen it work kind of in the Mahomes instance where you do let them sit and who knows if waiting those 14, however many games it was, benefited him at all to learn behind a guy like Alex Smith or if it really was, you know, that he could have started week one and still had the success he did. Um, But let's say, you know, for sake of the rankings that Andy Dalton is the week one starter, what does your tier look like for the NFC North? And I guess, you know, who's your starter uh, for the Packers in your rankings? right now I I have to just go Aaron Rodgers until I'm told otherwise. Like I just for sanity reasons at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to have to go number one. You have to go Aaron Rodgers reigning MVP. I don't even have to explain that one. That one's super obvious. Um, And then number two is where it kind of gets a little bit tricky. If it was, I don't, I, I, it's Justin Fields is a rookie. So even if he was the starter, I'd have to wait to kind of even put him up there. But I actually think I'd go Kirk Cousins, number two. Um, he doesn't show up all the time in uh, in primetime games, which I'm okay with, but he's better. I think he's better overall than Andy Dalton in this point of his career. And then I'm actually going to go Jared Goff, number three, and then Andy Dalton, number four. I think Jared Goff does have really good moments, um, but the system that is going to be in this year, I don't know if that's actually going to be that well for him, but I think overall talent-wise, he has a little more talent than Andy Dalton. Yeah, so we're in lockstep with this one. It hey. and which is interesting because, you know, Matt Stafford was always like number 2 regardless of who else was in the NFC North. So losing him, you know, you talk about a Lions team that gained a lot more talent this offseason but lost talent at arguably the best or the most vital position in sports. So mm-hmm. all things considered, yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's Aaron Rodgers and then Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff until we see otherwise possibly Tim Boyle and then uh, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields take up that last spot just for now. So this is now the tricky part where maybe the arguing or the rankings come in a little bit differently because we have to kind of remove the Packer fan bias from everything and look at it holistically, which can be tough to do. So let's go, let's go to the backfields. Now we know Jamal Williams, friend of the show, friend of game on Wisconsin Mm -hmm. now with the Detroit lions, the, Lions also have DeAndre Swift, but he's really the only other back who's got any proven talent at an NFL level. Packers, of course, have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. The Vikings have Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Mm -hmm. And then the Bears have David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. And I think they picked up a couple other young guys in that draft as well, Khalil Herbert being one of those names. So what are your thoughts on that room as a whole or the position group, I should say? Yeah, this one this one's tough, and I, it mainly goes to waiting on AJ Dillon to see what we have with him with the increased workload. And I think with this one, I'm going to have to give the top spot to the Minnesota Vikings. I think Dalvin Cook is just an overall better running back than I don't give Aaron Jones is fantastic, but I think Dalvin Cook has shown that he's just at a different level. Like looking at NFL running backs, if Aaron Jones is tier two, then Dalvin Cook would be tier one. Um, so I, I I hate doing it, but yeah, Dalvin Cook is top spot for the pack or for uh, for running backs, and then I think followed by for me then followed by AJ Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones. 
Yeah. Uh, what about you for your top two spots? I've got to pass it to you right now. Cause I got a debate on my last two. <laughs> yeah. So again, we might end up, you know, breaking even again with this one, but to me, it is the Vikings just because right now, AJ Dillon's an unproven commodity. We know what we think he can be. We've seen glimpses of it in the Titans game, but with an increased workload, you know, we'll kind of see how Matt LaFleur wants to use both backs. Um, then I think it is the lions and I'm really excited to see how Jamal Williams looks in that offense. It's hard to get a read, right? Because we don't really know how Dan Campbell's going to run the offense. They've got Jared Goff now instead of Matt Stafford. So there's all these different variables, but I think, um, I wrote a piece actually for cheesehead TV about, you know, breakout candidates on offense for each NFC North team. And Jamal Williams was that guy because Mm -hmm. we've seen Deandre Swift have glimpses, but Jamal's never really had the opportunity to be RB one in an extended look. His best glimpse at that really was with Mike McCarthy as rookie season when Aaron Jones was not in the starting lineup just yet, but I think he'll put up some impressive numbers, which leaves the the bears in that last spot once again uh, for running backs. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, the thing that I'm most excited about with, with Williams right now too, is I think he's going to fit perfectly into the Dan Campbell theology of just like a ground and pound old school team that's just gonna smash it down your throat um and for the bears too i think they have a lot of potential that running back spot uh i keep thinking back to 2000 the 2019 season so mccarter uh lafleur's first season that kind of boring game in the for for between the packer and bears open the season and david montgomery was doing really well against us that first half and then he kind of just disappeared that second one so i think there is a lot of potential in that backfield that's just not really being met right now i don't know if that's coaching staff or what it is i know last season with Tariq cohen there were some injury um injury problems last season um but we'll see uh i i I do give that slight edge to the the lions though as well yeah so this next one is I think where a lot of the arguing potentially occurs, not necessarily between us, but with Packers fans in general, if you're looking at wide receivers, obviously the Packers have the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. And Devonte Adams Uh, MVS looks like he would be wide receiver too. the Packers added Amari Rogers. They've got Alan Lazard. Devin Funches will be back this season potentially, but still not a ton of proven wide receiver two kind of depth in that room right now. Uh, The lions, are worse for the wear at this point. They've got Brashad Perryman, drafted EQ's brother, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, they have Geronimo Allison, Quintess Cephas, but they lost Kenny Galladay, lost Marvin Jones. So that is, you know, a really kind of depleted position group. Then you have the Vikings who have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, a really nice tandem. And the Bears have Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, who to me is, you know, unfortunately poised for what could be a breakout season with the bears. So how do you approach that group? Um, I, uh, I think overall talent wise, just with the, with the season he had last year and just what he's kind of poised to have this season as well. I think the Vikings two wide receivers are the best one, two out of any of the teams. Um, and so I think I, again, I have to give the Vikings that top spot. Um, this this is probably the hardest one uh and then again you go to you go to the number two spot Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver out of anybody but then it's just looking at the Allen Robinson again is another he's a top 10 wide receiver probably closer to top five than top 10 I think just because of Devontae Adams maybe giving the Packers number two and then Bears number three Lions number four Lions just don't really have anybody. Cephas, we can see what he can do in his second season. They lost Galladay. 
Um, yeah, that's tough. There's, there's a part of me that wants to give the Bears number two because of Mooney. Um, but MVS had a strong season last year, and Lazar, we, we didn't get a full season of him either. What about you? We're again, we're in lockstep. In. <laughs> yeah, so the Vikings to me take the number one spot just because, like you said, uh, we saw the season that Justin Jefferson had as a rookie. Um, the Packers, you know, we're assuming Aaron Rodgers comes back. I think they take the number two spot because of Darnell Savage and MBS. I think he'll have a better season than he had last season as wide receiver two. Alan Lazard will be healthy this year. Um, and we saw what he could do in the Saints game when he was fully healthy. Um, then to me, it is the Bears, uh, even though I and I think maybe part of the tiebreaker for this is the quarterback play. You know, there were reports out of camp that Darnell Mooney and like Cole Komet and some of these guys were smiling because Justin Fields can actually hit them with a deep ball. And a lot of that was inconsistent quarterback play for them last season. So they probably would have had better numbers if they had a reliable option under center. So mm-hmm. I think the Bears wide receiving core will be be better not necessarily than the Packers in general but because of the quarterback play and then yeah the Lions just have a whole lot of nothing really right now that at least unproven nothing they could have some some gems in there uh the younger St. Brown could be a lot of fun but we don't know anything about him just yet yeah no absolutely it's gonna be that one's that's gonna be the interesting part of that team Grant I, I that's not this is not a hot take that's by far their weakest position so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. The Bears scare me. If they have a competent quarterback, they could have some they could have a dangerous passing attack. Yes, yeah, so we've we've got two more spots. Let's uh shift over to the tight ends now. Um and the tight end room is kind of tricky. We know what the Packers have. Um not that anybody's really unproven. I guess Jay Sternberger, Josiah DeGuara was an injury um loss last season, so we haven't seen him too much. Obviously, Robert Tunyon surprised a lot of people with the season he had. Mercedes Lewis is back, Dominique Daphne. So that already feels like a really crowded room in Green Bay. Uh, The Vikings have Irv Smith Jr. They lost Kyle Rudolph. Uh, So they don't have, they have a ton of competition on the roster, but nobody really that is opposite Irv Smith Jr. yet for one of those starting spots. The Lions have TJ Hawkinson, who has been a reliable option, also signed Darren Fells. Uh, and then we know that the Bears have Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. So what is your take on that group? Yeah, this is actually the first group that I might give to the Lions. I think TJ Hawkinson is, out of all the tight ends in the NFC North, probably the most talented. Um, Robert Tunyon had an amazing season last year. But again, like we just mentioned with the last part, like quarterback play also had a great – or was a big reason for that. Um, I think TJ Hawkinson just is the overall top tight end. So I think I'm going to give the Lions for that one. They have, like you said, Fells is a decent kind of role player for that team. And then it's closely followed by the Packers. Uh, Tunyon's really talented. They have Mercedes Lewis as the the big vet, the blocking the blocking guy. And then Rodgers, you can tell, loves to hit him on passes. Just whenever that happens, you can kind of see that joy in his face to find him in anything, really. And then we'll see what we have with Josiah DeGuar and Sternberg when he comes back from, from injury. Then, oh. I might actually have to go Bears with Cole Komet and then Jimmy Graham, followed by the Vikings with Irv Smith. Uh, and we'll see what they do now that they don't have Rudolph. But uh, what about you? What are your rankings? I think this is going to be the first time that we differ, unless I'm wrong. Yeah, no, for sure. That's right. that's funny. Uh, so to me, I'm going to take the Packers just because um, – 
I think that the unproven depth is better on the Packers than on the yeah. Lions. They really only have TJ Hawkinson right now. The Packers have Tunyon. Even though Mercedes Lewis doesn't really stretch the field, he is somebody that Rodgers trusts. And right now, you know, we're doing these rankings, assuming Rodgers is the guy under center. Um, I think Jay Sternberger, you know, it's his third season. I think this is the year that he takes a leap. Josiah DeGuara was fun in Matt LaFleur's offense, even though we didn't see too much of him before the injury. But even week one against the Vikings, we saw him do a little bit. So I'm going to take the Packers number one. Um, Then I'm actually going to take the Bears number two because I think Cole Kmet, um, Jimmy Graham had eight touchdowns. Like he didn't hit 500 receiving yards, but he was a freak in the red zone. So <laughs> between him and Cole Kmet, I think that those two uh, with Cole Kmet being able to stretch the field will be number two, uh, putting the lions at three solely because TJ Hawkinson to me is the only true threat that they have at the position so far. They did sign Darren Fells, but to me, it's not as significant as like a Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet combo. And then, yeah, lastly, with the Vikings and Irv Smith Jr., just because he doesn't really have a good compliment now that Kyle Rudolph is off the roster. But yeah, yeah. first first disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we try to do a, a first take thing and just try to argue it up a little bit? Be over yeah. the top? As long as I don't have to be skipped, then we can for sure do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be skipped, so never mind. Let's move on. (laughs) Yeah, so let's talk about the offensive lines. I know a lot of this is up in the air right now. The Packers don't really know who their starting five will be. So just kind of holistically, um, if you have any general thoughts before we flip to the defense about, you know, whether it's guys that teams drafted, what are your thoughts overall about, you know, the state of the offensive lines in the NFC North? Um, I don't know. I it kind of seems like there's been a lot of shuffling around, especially on the Packers end. We just don't really know the Bakhtiari, like you already mentioned, we don't really know who we're going to put out as our first five. Uh, the Lions seem like an interesting one to me. They have Taylor Decker. They have um, Sewell that they just drafted Ragnow at center. So that one, they look like they could have one of the better defense or sorry, excuse me, offensive lines in the, um, in the NFC North. I'm, I'm interested to see what the Vikings do because it, it always kinds of kind of seems like, that's just always their weak spot that just never gets fixed. Kind of like the Packers with inside linebacker. It just seems like the story every year is just their offensive line isn't very good. So that's one that I'm curious to see if they're what they've done in the draft and thing kind of improves that. Um, But I don't know. I guess this is kind of the biggest question mark in the NFC North for me to see what uh, I'm going to give it to the Packers because they had such a strong spot last year, even though there's question marks, but I think the Lions have, also have a really strong offensive line what are your thoughts on it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Packers just because, I mean, it seems like at this point in time, David Bakhtiari will start the season. Um, We know Elton Jenkins is on his way to becoming an all-pro, you know, perennial pro bowler kind of player. I think Josh Myers handedly wins that starting gig. And then between the depth they have with like Ben Braden, Lucas Patrick, John Runyon Jr. You know, I think that offensive line is in good hands and then Billy Turner at right tackle. So to me, it's the Packers number one. And then I do think that the Lions drafted really well. Getting Penny Sewell immediately improves that offensive line. It already wasn't like terrible. So to me, you know, that makes a lot of sense at number two. Um, the Bears are taking three because of Tevin Jenkins. I really yeah. liked that pick for them. I thought he would come in and like immediately shore up some of their weaknesses there. And then the Vikings, it's like you said, we never really know what their offensive line is going to look like. You know, they Ezra Cleveland is a second year guy now. So they have players who could be better over time and, you know, be long-term starters at the position, but not really anything, not really a ton of projection for Kirk Cousins, protection for Kirk Cousins, which is absolutely fine by me. So yeah, for sure. Just hit him a couple of times and he'll fumble eventually. <laughs> but now we can flip it to the defensive line, the defensive side of the ball. And this is honestly probably one of the position groups I'm most excited to talk about because the Vikings just today picked up Sheldon Richardson um, to bolster an already pretty strong defensive line. So what are the thoughts that you have about that group? Man, I, this one, I is this one's tough. I think I'm going to actually have to give, give it to the Vikings on this one. Like you, they've they've done a really good job beefing up that defensive line. Um, Daniel Hunter and them they agreed, so he's going to come back. Uh, they have Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson, um, who is a person that I was kind of hoping the Packers would steal. They also have Sheldon Richardson as of today. So, man, I I hate it, but this is just reminding me of kind of like the old Vikings that just had a really solid interior defensive line, and then you have Hunter on the outside too, who's just going to who can wreak havoc any game. Um, I'm going to have to give the Vikings the top spot, uh, unfortunately. And then I hate to do this. I think I'm going to have to do the Bears number two. I think just Khalil Mack, even though he's been down a little bit, him paired up with Akeem Nix is just really tough to go against. Um, Goldman in the middle as well isn't isn't a slouch. The Packers are a close, close third. I Even having the seconds at two, I, Packers at two, I w- wouldn't. I don't think is a stretch, but I am going to have to have them at three. I think with Zadarius, we already know he's the top guy. Rashawn Gary reports about him coming out have been amazing. So hopefully he makes that year three leap. We'll see. Preston Smith has that. Um, he has his incentive-based contract that could light a fire under him. And then Kenny Clark, we know his level of pay, play is just ridiculous. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, and then that just brings the Lions in at number four. They have that trade for Brockers. They re-signed Okuara, but besides that, they don't really have – um, they don't really have too much, um, but we'll see. So you made this way harder because you lumped defensive line and the linebackers yeah. kind of together. Sorry about that. And that's just how I think of anyone that's rushing the quarterback. I just think that's how it is. Right. No, I, t- I totally get that. But now I'm like, well, <laughs> shoot, because to me, like if we're talking solely edge rushers, the Packers could have one or two, but if you're putting everybody in yeah. one category, then that makes it a lot tougher. I think Sedaria Smith, I hope you don't listen to this show that the, <laughs> given kind of the, the way that this Vikings defense has bolstered, especially in that kind of front for Michael Pierce, Sheldon Richardson, Delvin Tomlinson, 
I think the Vikings get the top spot here as much as it pains me to say it, you know, begrudgingly. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. This second spot is really tough. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to give it to the Packers, which again, I, I don't know if it's like my fan bias, but I think they had a more productive season with Sidarius and Kenny Clark and what we can expect from Rashawn Gary than maybe we'll see out of Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack. So Solely for that reason, although Akeem Hicks, you know, I was one of the people that wanted the Packers to steal him away this offseason when there were reports that he was unhappy. Yeah, I'd have um, been so happy if they did that. And I think the Lions have the potential to be really good. I loved two of the guys they got in the draft, Aleem McNeil and Levi Anwar-Zariki. I wanted both of them to come to the Packers. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in a couple of years we'll be having a different conversation and they'll be the new number one. But for now, yeah, I think it's Vikings, Packers, for me. Bears and then Lions. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I definitely made it <laughs> trickier on us, but it's so hard for me to separate the two because on everything, it just, they mesh so much together. Like if you have a crappy edge rush, like it makes it harder on your interior and vice versa. Um, so, yeah, no, I always lump them together, which I probably shouldn't, but it's a <laughs> kind of a habit I have. Well, no, I mean, it, it does make sense, especially when we saw so much of Zadarius and Rashawn kind of rushing over center playing that like roaming nose uh, role. But since we already kind of covered edge, let's shift into the inside linebackers then, because we know for the Packers, this is a position that's pretty much up in the air at this point. Yeah. Um, I, this is, this has to be the Packers weakest spot um, on their team minus punter shout out Todd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, Oh man, this is another tricky one. I think I'm going to have to go with the, the Vikings again with that top spot. I really like Eric Kendricks. Uh, Anthony Barr is a player, obviously is a big villain for Green Bay, but he is a really talented linebacker. Um, but Eric Kendrick is a person that I wanted the Packers to get. Um, I think he's he's all over the field. Um, he's sideline to sideline every time. Um, the Bears kind of fill in that number two spot for me with Ron Smith and uh I can never say his name and Danny Trevathan. You got um, it. <laughs> thank you. You know, sometimes it just takes me a second to really just think. I say too, especially you know this. Being a teacher, I'd say names is so hard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they all run together eventually. Uh, I actually think I might give the Packers a third the third spot for this. Kamal Mart. I, Chris Barnes is really talented. I think we saw that last year coming at as an undrafted free agent in the harder season to do that, eventually being the main Mike linebacker, Kamal Martin, as we talked about last week, they're saying this, the play is starting to slow down for him, which is great because we saw the explosiveness and now we just need to see him do that at the right time in the right gaps. And then for the lions, Jamie Collins can be really solid. Um, we'll have to see what he does, but, I don't know. I just think they're also pretty improving at that linebacker spot, but I just really like the young potential that the Packers have. And I think that's just a little bit of fan bias. I don't want to put them in last place. (laughs) Yeah, this is tough because to me, the Vikings and the bears are so much kind of a toss up Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, two of the mainstays for the, for the Vikings. And then you have Roquan Smith, like you said, Danny Trevathan. Um, They've looked so good. Roquan Smith is just an absolute monster in the middle of the defense. Um, So I think, you know, for me, I'll put the, I'll put the bears at number one, just to keep us from, you know, continuously matching up on everything. And then I'll put (laughs) the Vikings um, at number two. I'm with you. Um, I think Devondre Campbell is going to be a big addition for that room. I do. I am one of the people that thinks he does start with uh, Chris Barnes. I don't know if that happens 
you know, for the entire season, but I don't think the Packers would have brought him in unless, you know, they talked about this with him and we aren't privy to that, but he's played 16 games for the bulk of his career, almost 80% of snaps since he's been a starter. So it's hard for me to see him coming in and then playing like 30, 40% of snaps behind the guy like Kamal Martin. So I'll, I'll take the Packers at three and then, yeah, the Lions are interesting. Like they have Alex Anzalone now um, in that middle of the defense, but I still, all things considered, I think they're the fourth spot. And I like Jamie Collins a lot. I liked when he was with the Browns, but I think he's slowing down a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Um, and then I guess, you know, for this last spot, we can kind of lump all of the defensive backs together, talking safeties and cornerbacks, which might make this a little bit more difficult because there's some really, really good safeties in the group. And then there's some not so great corners in the group. So <laughs> yeah, it all together. I have to I have to go with Packers on this one for number one. Uh, Jair Alexander is the best cornerback in the NFC North, top two or th- top three in the NFL for sure. Um, and then Adrian Amos has been has been so underrated since coming to the Packers. Um, I know PFF has ranked him as one of the top the top safeties, but I just don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. He's so consistent with his play. I know last year at the beginning of the year, we saw a little bit of a struggle with Savage and Amos for like the first couple weeks. Um, people were talking about it, but towards the end, that became such a strong spot for us. Savage just was able to play the field now, just being the athletic freak that he is. And Kevin King, we he's he has his troubles, which we focus <laughs> on a lot, but he also has some really strong games. I keep going back to that Atlanta Falcon game last year where Jair – and Kevin King held Julio Jones um, and Calvin Ridley to like 30 yards combined. It was just incredible. Uh, and that wasn't just Jair by himself. They needed Kevin King to step up as well. So I think I think the Packers have to be number one. Number two, this is a prime example of good safeties or good safety and rough <laughs> cornerbacks. Uh, I might have to go with the Vikings for number two. Harrison, Harrison Smith is just so good. They brought Patrick Peterson right now, which I think is going to be a toss-up. If it's if it revitalizes his career, then fan, then they made a great move. If it's kind of the Patrick Peterson we saw the last couple seasons, I think it's kind of just an older veteran who might make a couple plays, but I don't know if he's going to be the Patrick Peterson of the past. Xavier Woods was another signing they brought in to fill that safety spot. Um the bears, I think I'll have to go with number three and then the lions at number, at number four, uh, Akuda could be, re- was a top, correct me if I'm wrong. He was a top five pick last year, right? Yeah, um, number three, number three. So there's corner, but anytime you can't expect a rookie to make a crazy impact every year, especially even if they're in the number three pick coming into another, um, new coach this time, We'll see what he can do. There's obviously a lot of potential. He went to bend the number three overall pick. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, Will Harris at safety, strong. It's going to be strong there. I don't know. I just don't I don't see much with, uh, with the Lions secondary to make me too nervous. Maybe I just keep thinking of how we torched them a lot last year in the secondary. But, um, yeah, I, I don't have my last spot. Yeah, to me, I think the Packers have to take the first spot between Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, um, Eric Stokes, if he gets to play, uh, regardless of kind of what happens with that star role, especially if Jair can take some snaps in there. I think, you know, everybody wants to look at the most recent example 
of, you know, players and Kevin King and Will Redmond, unfortunately, have some pretty bad recent examples that they're going to have to work through to start the season um, as far as like fan perspectives. But I think Kevin King had a decent season. It wasn't his best. It wasn't his 2019 season, but I still think he's a serviceable cornerback, especially on the boundary at an NFL level. I think the Packers are a better team to have him and a rookie instead of just a rookie. So um, they take my first spot. To me, I'm going to take the Vikings second, just because I think that, you know, they brought in a ton of, a ton of veteran depth, a lot of, you know, that being because they don't have a ton of proven depth with some of the young guys they drafted, but they just got Bashad Breland, who of course was with the Packers a couple seasons ago. Cam Dantzler, I think is going to be really good. They have Perry Nickerson. You already mentioned Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith. So I think there's enough guys there, especially kind of at the veteran level. Um, Perry and I used to joke last season um, on packs that she said that they had a bare cupboard and now they kind of have that opposite where they have too many guys competing for starting spots. So they really kind of overhauled the position with the vets um, and last season, it seems like they approached it fully from the draft. So I think they'll be better because of that. Uh, third to me is obviously the Bears. Eddie Jackson could claim one of the top spots solely you know, by himself because of how talented he is as a player. Um, but then the depth there, you know, they, they brought in Desmond Trufant. That's interesting. Uh, Kendall Vildor was good last season. So just... Yeah, I'm with you. I, and then then there's the Lions who, you know, Jeff Vakuda could be good, but there's always growing pains, right? I mean, Jair Alexander had some growing pains, but, you know, and that's not to say Jeff Vakuda is going to be Jair Alexander, but I think he's still unproven enough to already have to be the face of that secondary, which is pretty tough for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be a tough, uh, tough task. So before we wrap up, let's holistically now mm-hmm. take a look at these four rosters and say, you know, and I, I haven't been keeping track. That's maybe my bad as a host. I don't know if you were keeping track, but yeah. I can't I can't remember who had the most number ones, number twos, et cetera. How would you like rank these teams now? Ooh. <laughs> this this honestly all the only reason I'm putting this team first solely falls on the quarterback. And I think as long as we have number twelve, we are the top we are the top spot. I think our offense is just too dynamic. Um, our defense showed glimpses last year. I think Joe Bear is going to do a lot of good stuff for our defense. So I'm going to have to go Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions. Yeah, I think I think the Vikings defense will keep them really close in a lot of games, especially that front. We know mm-hmm. with that was one of their biggest assets going into the season. And if their offense can click, they've got a ton of weapons. And, you know, it doesn't matter if they don't have, you know, the league's best tight end. I know we gave them the fourth spot for that. I think the offensive line is going to be the question mark for them. Um, But as of, you know, now not knowing what the quarterback situation will look like with the Bears and with the Lions kind of figuring out a brand new head coach, maybe he pulls a Matt LaFleur, right? Maybe the Lions all of a sudden are like a 13 and three amazing team. But Stan Campbell and Jared Goff, and I don't really see that happening. Yeah. Um, considering they came in last in most of our rankings. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions uh, to, to kind of round out our very early predictions in the middle of June. So uh, to be this person, <laughs> like I have to ask, take 12 out of it, put love in there. Where do you rank them? That's tough because obviously we know nothing about Jordan Love, but yeah. This team still has an all pro at wide receiver, a pro bowler at running back, multiple all pros along the offensive line, all pros in the secondary, second team, all pro edge rusher. So 
to me, the quarterback, I mean, I think you can win. I think they could squeak out like a wild card spot. Even, you know, they're not going to host it. They're going to be traveling um, for the entire playoffs. They might not win a playoff game, but I think it would kind of be like unfair to the rest of the team to say that, you know, Jordan love is going to all of a sudden put them in that fourth spot. So I'll say if it's not 12 under center, then it's Vikings Packers bears lions, because I think as a whole, we don't disregarding, you know, the, the quarterback position, the Packers are still a better team than the bears at this point. Yeah, no, that that's exactly where I would have it. Cause even looking at the bears too, who would be the other team to potentially overtake the Packers for that two spot would be Andy Dalton. I, we, we know what we have in Andy Dalton uh, mm-hmm. and Justin Fields is kind of the same situation with Jordan love. You don't really know what you have. College doesn't really matter once you make it to the NFL. Um, so when it's two question marks, you look at the rest of the team, and I think the Packers have an overall better team than the Bears do. So I'm with you. I think it would just the Vikings then would just take that top spot. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But this was a lot of fun. I you know I didn't know what we were going to be able to kind of stretch out from this, but it ended yeah. up going a lot longer, I think, than we both predicted that it would. So before we wrap the show, Jimmy, where can everybody listening find all your work on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Um, once we start getting closer to training camp, some articles for pack report will be coming out, um, pack a day every week, whiskaholics on game on Wisconsin. And then, um, Lombardi's bar also over at game on Wisconsin. I'll be writing some, some stuff for them as well. So just follow me on Twitter. Anything I do, I'll repost or re- retweet as the kids say. So, um, just follow me over there. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV, and I also podcast with Perry Goldstein doing the Packs What She Said podcast. Uh, please make sure to also follow the Packaday podcast on Twitter. Give us all of those glowing five-star reviews um, on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And if you're so inclined, you can also follow our third host, Jacob Westendorf, on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf, and follow Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.